Hey there. Yep, it's your favorite appreciator here appreciating again. Yeah, I'm Brett, PQ, whatever you want to call me. And uh, yeah, I am here. I am present and appreciating uh, the good things. And that's what this show is about. And uh, I point out to you the uh, image. Each one of uh, these shows except for the first couple, have their own specific uh, cover image, I guess you would call it, if this were an album. And uh, if you're listening on YouTube, it's what you're looking at. And if you went over to the Overnightscape Underground or uh, you clicked a link on Facebook, uh, you're seeing it. It's uh, the, the, This time, it is a... I've, I'm drawing again, and uh, I may even be doing some uh, funky abstract comics like I used to do, and uh, that there is an image of the work in progress for you to check out, comment on. And yeah, I, I, I may even go back to being commercial and uh, marketing my art, if there is such a thing as a market for it. I don't know. It's kind of tricky with that, but I do it anyways, and I'm having fun. And uh, it, it's a project in production in and of itself. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see uh, what your response might be to uh, this uh, this art, so to speak, that I am presenting. And as promised, uh, momentarily, not waiting, make you wait till I'm done driveling and talking about a bunch of stuff, uh, as a tribute to Jimbo and uh, for your um, entertainment. I mean, uh, I don't want this show to become too reliant on these uh, appendages, things that I add, but uh, I think everybody should have heard at least one episode of Vic and Sade. And I'm, our, our late friend Jimbo certainly felt the same way. Uh, if you dig this, there's uh, in the OnSug archive the Vic and Sade cast. And if the commentary isn't necessary, uh, uh, there are plenty of places, YouTube, archive.org, where you can listen to more of Vic and Sade, the work of a great and unique humor writer by the name of Paul Reimer. Now, this isn't your typical, like, old-time radio comedy with the farcical, over-the-top jokes. The, the, the humor in this is quite subtle and very absurdist, and a lot of wordplay, and this was just a very unique program. Um, so without any further ado, uh, I may do some analysis afterwards because that's what Jimbo liked to do. But uh, this here episode is from 1940 and it's about bacon sandwiches. And by all means, I have to thank the OTR, Old Time Radio uh, dealer, Ted Davenport for making this available in the, the highest possible quality. And now get ready to smile again with radio's home folks, Chris Goes Vic and Sade. But first, let's listen to the O'Brien family deciding on dessert for a company dinner. Don't be silly, dear. I wouldn't dream of serving cake. Why, Mrs. Thompson's the best cake maker in the county. Well, does that mean she wouldn't enjoy eating someone else's cake when she's a guest? No, but... Well, why advertise the fact that my cakes aren't as smooth textured and good eating as hers? Honestly, Mrs. Thompson's cakes are the kind most of us just dream about. 
I wish I knew how she does it. Well, you can take it from me. If Mrs. Thompson's cakes are the kind that folks dream about, well, then it's pretty likely that she uses the new Sure Mix Crisco. Because with that new Crisco, you get three exclusive new cake-making advantages you don't get in any other home shortening we know of. Yes, with Crisco, you can make lighter cakes, smoother textured cakes, better eating cakes than you ever made before. That's because of a revolutionary shortening discovery, a patented discovery you get only in the new Crisco. So naturally, no other home shortening promises you the same wonderful results in cakes. No, not even the most expensive shortening. For one thing, Sure Mix Crisco gives you a different kind of cake batter, a batter smooth as satin, with none of the separating or curdling you so often get with other shortenings. I just wish you could have been in our Crisco kitchens when we tested those smoother Crisco batters. We baked literally hundreds of cakes using every well-known shortening we could buy. The Sure Mix Crisco cakes turned out lighter and smoother textured than those made with any of the other shortenings. And besides, they had a new kind of appetizing tenderness that made them the best eating cakes of all. And that's the kind of cakes you can make right in your own kitchen if you use the new Sure Mix Crisco. So order Crisco from your dealer today. And from now on, serve your family consistently light, smoother textured, better eating Crisco cakes. Well, sir, it's late in the afternoon as we approach the small house, halfway up in the next block now, and here in the living room we find Mrs. Victor Gook all by herself. Mrs. Gook is established in her husband's easy chair, her sewing basket in her lap. We're untutored in such matters, but we're inclined to believe she's embroidering initials on napkins. However, we're probably mistaken because... But, oh, oh, wait a minute, here's a voice, listen. Mom. Hey, don't you be coming in that front door with your muddy feet. I'm not. Go around to the back. I ain't coming in at all. What you doing? Sewing. Why don't you come outside? Rain's over. Sun's shining now. Well, don't stand there holding the door open. Nice out. Is that? Sure is. Run out in the porch. Well, I'm busy. It's real swell out. Bring your sewing and come sit in the swing. Uh, any mail in the box? No. You coming? Well, I might as well take a look at this sunshine you're talking about. No fool when it's warm as toast. What time is it? Not quite three o'clock. Well, wait till I get my sweater. Oh, you won't need your sweater, Mom. Certainly will. No. Well, I'm going to put it on just the same. This is August, Mom. Mm -hmm. August, when it pays a person to watch their step. Air is crammed, packed full of sickness. <laughs> That's what you say about every month in the year. Take it in spring, summer, fall, or winter. You always tell how the air is crammed, packed well, full of sickness. Well, let's go for going. Let's take advantage of the porch swing while we can. Why? Because the porch swing season is short and won't be long before we'll be taking it down and putting it in the Close basement. The door. It'll stay there till next year. Say, it is warm. What'd I tell you? Wasn't anywhere near like this this noon. Thermometer's been climbing steadily up the ladder all day. Well, that's nice paper stated rising temperatures, but I never expected this much of a change. Me neither. Have a seat. Oh, this is getting to be an awful junky looking porch swing. Next year we can slap on a coat of paint. Well, we'll probably buy a new one. Half the slats on it are loose. You and me and Gov are the types of individuals that give a porch swing rough treatment. You mean you're the type of individuals that gives a porch swing rough treatment? Me and Gov don't invite our friends over to hang by their heels on it. I suppose you refer to Smelly Clark. I refer to the whole bunch of you. I guess I have to admit I belong to a pretty red-blooded active set of fellas. My arteries pump away with I energy. Mr. And... Kreider. Uh-huh. Got his little quarter's worth of steak from Croucher's Meat Market. Oh, you know. 
He gets a little quarter's worth of steak every evening. Cooks it himself and eats it himself. Pay him to buy it in the bulk. <laughs> Makes me think of a scheme that's figured out by Rooster Davis. Hmm? He's going to go in the restaurant business, see? Hmm. Specializing in bacon sandwiches. Hmm. Selling nothing but bacon sandwiches. Hmm. On the corner of Jefferson and Main Street. Oh, go ahead and tell what you're going to tell. Don't just say one sentence at a time and then wait till I answer. Miss Elder's got that habit. Gives a person the willies. Eugene Partlow's got the worst habit I know of. He'll strike up a conversation with you and tell a story or something, and then won't give you a chance to tell a story. Ah, uh, Miss Apparat will do that, too. The other day I saw Eugene in Tapman's vacant lot. There goes Mr. Clark. Uh-huh. He's got his little umbrella up. Wonder why. The rain stopped. Well, he carries it to keep off the sun. He had sunstroke one time and has been scared of it ever since. Yeah? He always wears tennis shoes on account of that, too. Because he got sunstroke? Mm-hmm. When he was a young man working on a farm, he keeled over from the heat. Affected his ankle some way. Had to wear tennis shoes ever since to be comfortable. Funny place to get sunstroke in the ankle. Yeah, but that's the way it is. Pretty nice sitting here in the porch swing, huh? Lovely day, all right. Ain't you glad I called you out? <laughs> Never was so happy in my life. Thought you'd pass a sarcastic remark, huh? Yeah. Well, it's okay. I like to see a streak of fun in an individual's makeup. The way I look at it, an American citizen Miss ought Simmons. to always... Huh? Miss Simmons turning off on Kelsey. Uh-huh. She's got her little girl. Oh, I was telling you about Eugene Partlow and how he won't give you a chance in the conversation. The other day, I got talking with him up in Tapman's vacant lot, and he whipped out a story concerning a big fish as caught by his Uncle Verniel. When he got through and I said, that's fine, I started to tell about a big fish. What, do you think he let me? No, sir, he plowed right ahead with a story about another big fish is caught by his Uncle Hook. Oh, that's Miss Apparat to a T. And if a person does get a word in edgeways, she don't listen. Uh-huh. You can tell by the expression on her face. She's just waiting for you to get through so she can go ahead again. Uh-huh. Guess I don't really need this sweater at that. Shall I help you slip it off? No, I'm going to leave it on. People shouldn't take chances in August. The air seems balmy, but you can't ever tell. Take our next-door neighbor there in Dixon, Mr. Slither. He went out one morning to get the newspaper in his undershirt. Come back in the house, give a sneeze, went to bed and stayed there for six weeks. <laughs> mm, wasn't the least bit funny. They were poor people, and he did piecework in a foundry, and I remember that six bell ate up everything they had in the bank. My mother used to take hot dishes over a lot. No, that sure was quick work. Just give one sneeze on and went to bed. Yeah. Are you sure somebody didn't shoot him in the head with a revolver? Things like that ain't to be joked about, son. There goes Mr. Ruggers. Got his little rake to rake the leaves with. When are you going to get at our leaves? Oh, Saturday, maybe. Yes, and on Saturday you'll come around with monstrous big plans about nine innings of baseball over in Tapman's vacant lot, and the leaves will stay right where they are. I think maybe I can arrange my schedule so I'll have a few minutes to devote to raking. Take a lot more in a few minutes. Well, we'll see. I'll say we will. Years back, in my younger days, I used to get quite a kick out of autumn leaves. I used to enjoy running through them. Oh, Aunt Bess and I used to do that. One day we were running through piles of leaves and Aunt Bess tripped over a pig that was asleep in one of them. Oh, I didn't finish telling you. Uh, go ahead. You didn't finish what? Uh, telling you about rooster and the bacon sandwiches. Uh, but go ahead with your story. Aunt Bess tripped over a pig, huh? Yeah. What happened? Well, that was all. She fell down and was scared, and the pig ran away squealing. They tell me pigs will eat people. 
Yes, I understand they will. Be a very miserable way to die, wouldn't it? Yeah. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Newspaper state, Mr. Ray Johnson of this city passed away yesterday as a result of being oh, a... Oh, Raj, for goodness sake. <laughs> well, yeah. Ain't that the little Rogers girl across the street? It's one of them. She's got her tam shander on. Uh-huh. Early a swell day, ain't it, boy? Yeah. By tonight, there might be a thunderstorm come up. I doubt it. Well, you can't ever tell about August weather that way. Why, one time there in Dixon, it come up a hailstorm so big that the whole town was covered with hail a foot deep. I remember... Oh, I never told you. Huh? I still haven't told you about Rooster Davis and the bacon sandwiches. Well, tell it. Uh, go ahead with what you were telling. Well, that's all there was to it. One time in Dixon, during what looked like a calm summer day, it come up a hailstorm to where the ground was covered a foot deep. Very remarkable. What about Rooster and the sandwiches? He's going to start a restaurant. Uh-huh. In this restaurant, he's going to sell nothing but bacon sandwiches. Hmm. Going to deal in bacon sandwiches exclusively. Hmm. Restaurant's going to be right downtown. Yeah. Corner of Main and Jefferson Street. Oh, there you go again. How do you mean? Well, instead of telling a thing and finishing it, you just say one sentence at a time and make a person answer. Oh. What about Rooster and his bacon sandwiches? Well, he's going to have a live pig out in back of the restaurant, see? Uh-huh. And whenever a customer comes in and orders a bacon sandwich, Rooster steps outdoors with a knife and cuts off a piece of bacon. Cuts it off the pig? Sure. All bacon comes from pigs. Well, I know that, foolish. What's the point? The point is that the pig's alive. Well? The pig is given ether and chloroform so it won't hurt. A chunk of bacon is removed. A trained nurse steps forward and nurses the pig back to health and strength. He eats his dinner and gets fat, making more bacon. Another customer wants a sandwich, so Rooster again puts his pig to sleep with ether and chloroform and again cuts oh. off a chunk. Sure. See, all you need is one pig. You don't lead a very gay life of it, what with being stabbed every little while. Ish. Huh? Ish. <laughs> okay. Here comes Mr. Foster on his bicycle. Uh-huh. He's got his dinner bucket tied to his handlebars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going in the house. Oh, why, Mom? Oh, i got things to do. Well, it's been a pleasant chat. <laughs> yeah. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. And there we leave Crisco's Vic and Sade until tomorrow. Say, it's apple, tie, apple pie time again, and I'll bet your men folks are really glad. There's nothing a man likes more than a juicy apple pie for dessert. Now, I kind of like my apple pies made with brown sugar. You ever tried one that way? The brown sugar gives the apples a real swell flavor. Brings out all the tang in them. I like pie crust made with Crisco, too. Boy, when you sink your teeth into Crisco pastry, you've really got something. So tender and flaky and doggone delicious. Crisco pastry is digestible, too. No shortening we know of comes to you purer, fresher, or creamier than Sure Mix Crisco. And say, if you really want a treat, make a cake with new Sure Mix Crisco. Because we don't know of another home shortening that brings you the three exclusive cake-making advantages you get in new Sure Mix Crisco. Cakes that are consistently lighter, smoother textured, and better eating than any you've ever made before. Yes, that's what our baking tests proved. So get Crisco today and use it for all your baking and frying. And don't forget to listen to Crisco's Vic and Say tomorrow. This is Mel Allen speaking. Wow. That, that's a great sound. And right off of the discs, nice flax. Uh, and the Crisco ads, which 
historically, at least on the internet, are usually edited out. And, and the announcer was Mel Allen, who you Yankee fans know was a perennial baseball announcer considered one of the greats this was early in his career and oddly you know i'm in truth or consequences new mexico named after the game show when it was on radio and mel allen one of his early jobs was he was the announcer not the mc which of course was ralph edwards but he was the announcer guy on the old truth or consequences so it's like synchronicity city all over again but that episode that, that crisco ad i mean dreamy cakes made with crisco do people even make cakes with crisco anymore or will that give you a heart attack or something um great great ads um and long i just but they were the sole sponsor of the show and these shows ran right smack in the middle of usual uh, the soap opera times and i think a lot of people didn't quite get that this was supposed to be funny and i mean that mom is so mom they're talking they're sitting on the porch swing and and talking about all the neighbors i mean that was some hilarious gossip the guy buying his quarters worth of steak prepares it and eats it himself every day and and the guy who just one sneeze and he went to bed for months and the guy with the tennis shoes because he got a sunstroke i mean just the, the absurdity of it all and and i hope you enjoyed it uh, please let me know uh, we can pop in a Vic and Sade here and there as this program goes on if there is some groundswell but I'm still amazed at the audio quality because the ones that are in circulation it's just mediocre and that was just so crisp and clear and nice and 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 in memory of the great Jimbo um, let's see what else do we have here oh I was gonna uh, speaking of appreciation back in 2020 um, when things just before and when things started shutting down uh, I had for a while uh, about a year a band that we called Evelis that's kind of Elvis spelt sideways and uh, I did this band with it was just two of us uh, with a little help from a couple other people, but it was me and the legendary Coptic Nerve who uh, fled Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, as he's uh, a aspiring filmmaker and uh, works in film, union guy and all that. And he's now back out in L.A. and a married guy, for those of you who wonder what happened to Coptic Nerve, you onsuggers of long-standing... Um, uh, attendance. Uh, I just recently heard from. Yeah, he's 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 a happy married guy. I think he's got another band, and uh, the work. It sounds like it's a little sporadic, but he's hanging in there, and uh, we wish him all the luck. I kind of miss him, but the truth or consequences really is no place for an aspiring younger person. And if he's going to do and try to be in the film industry, uh, this. 
is assuredly not the place for such shenanigans. Uh, for a while before COVID, it looked like we were going to have some sort of groundswell of stuff, but it, it just never came through somehow. And yep, it, it, it's probably all for the best. Uh, the Hollywood, I feel, belongs in Hollywood. Uh, and I really, if the Evelis band was really an interesting project for me um i haven't had a real uh, we actually did a couple of performances before the covid shut everything down and uh, he was a fine guitarist vocalist and he is an incredible drummer in fact uh one of our uh, evelis albums which uh, we're on Bandcamp, and there are a few videos on youtube if that piques your curiosity um and you can check them out and uh, I don't know that there'll ever be any more of that, but uh, in like a year, we made like six or seven quote-unquote albums of material, and they're all on Bandcamp, and I think they're set up to pay what you will, and you can listen to them right there on the site so you don't have to download anything. So, uh, yeah, if, if you have that curiosity, you might appreciate that. For me, I just appreciated having somebody the company somebody to play music with and enjoy because let's face it i'm not any great musician i do it for fun and most people who play i mean that they're serious and they want to do you know their covers and yeah i do some covers uh i've done some that the liminaries posted on their site for me but uh i am no longer even I mean I'm performing this art hop because I was asked but I'm not planning on any like musical career anytime in the future that's just not uh I appreciate the times that I had when I lived in Santa Fe I had a band called Fido 3 and uh, we were a three-piece guitar bass and bass clarinet and uh, we, we we had fun playing all these little clubs and coffee houses but again I mean nobody was gonna that make a career or music uh music money in any way I mean it's, it's just uh, it was one step above will play for food and uh another thing uh I, I'm sure everybody appreciates that they can breathe and go places and cigarette smoking is no longer allowed but you know and and i quit and i believe me i appreciate that i was able to stop and not go back i've quit god like 16 years ago already and i was a terrible cigarette smoker i was smoking like two three packs a day of winston's and my life was this smoldering ashtray with stacked up with butts and it just and going back to smoking in the day i mean everybody smoked it with there were ads on tv till i was what eight or nine years old selling the things and they all had jingles um winston tastes good like a cigarette should 
And they all did. They had the Marlboro Man. Uh, It was considered something cool to do. They did it in the movies, all the cool tough guy actors and all those smooth people. They were puffing away. uh, Just uh, Jackie Gleason allegedly smoked four packs a day. And uh, a lot of people even smoked the ones without filters. Uh, I mean, uh, Winston's were probably the strongest filtered cigarette in my latter smoking days and uh, for a while i smoked uh, menthol and those things at least from what i'm i've read are like considered deadly now and and the thing about secondhand smoke which i don't quite understand um i guess it's conditioning or the power of suggestion um people my age can remember anywhere you went If you looked at the air, like at the movie theater, you could see it very clearly. This haze of of thick blue smoke that just penetrated everywhere. I mean, if it was a cold day, you'd be in a car with two cigarette smokers and maybe somebody would crack the window a little. But the cigarette was, the car rather, was just filled with this deadly smoke. Of course, science will tell you that standing on a sidewalk with cars going by, even with catalytic converters and anti-smog devices, you're breathing in far more poisons than being closed in a car with a cigarette smoker. But uh, they sure killed cigarette smoking. I mean, you see people furtively far away from others outside smoking and like in with this look of uh, desperate pleasure and urgency um people at the workplace you, you can't smoke there anymore if it's a public place and my point is today somebody lights a cigarette say 20 feet away from anybody else outside and they'll still get dirty looks and the people will like start coughing as if they're like in a fire or something and i i don't understand it i mean nobody was wheezing or hacking away from secondhand smoke or maybe they were and i didn't notice Uh, i'm just glad i don't anymore and uh but i don't know that if somebody smoking a cigarette still doesn't bother me i just people go ahead if you want to do that to yourself but i i do suppose that it's not good to do it around kids, especially in a small area. Let me not sound like this uncaring cad uh, to just, oh, yeah, it's it's fine. Let's just smoke anywhere we want. But uh, it's like we went from one extreme to the other, which I don't know. The human nature is very strange and now that i'm an old guy i mean i feel like this oh yes i remember when everybody smoked cigarettes and, uh, yeah i i can understand that and uh, like i say i do appreciate clean air and i have to admit i will probably live more years longer not smoking than smoking i mean that the evidence is strong enough i mean i don't wake up mornings i mean the last few years i smoked cigarettes the mornings were just this coughing and wheezing fest and and coughing up horrible substances and so yeah and plus the real reason that i quit was 
I suddenly, I, I had run out of cigarettes at some time late at night, and it was a cold, rotten night out, and the idea that I had to get up and go out and get cigarettes just got to me. And I just decided, how I quit was, I decided to see whose willpower was stronger, mine or the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. And uh, luckily, and I consider myself fortunate because I see people and know people who've quit smoking any number of times, and there they are. It, a few weeks later, they're right back on it. And knock wood or whatever you want to say, I haven't gone back to that. And uh, as far as my philosophy studies, I am now uh, beginning to learn the actual logic of things, what a syllogism is. And I'm still unclear. I mean, there's all this terminology and like predicates. And I just, I have no, I mean, if A, if A belongs to every B and B belongs to every C, A belongs to C. Uh, kind of uh, to wit. All right. Uh, here's a here's a really simple example of a syllogism. Every Greek is human. Every human is mortal. Therefore, every Greek is mortal. Yeah, it's, it's but there's all it, it, it's not that simple, dear friends. But uh, my good friends, the liminaries, who I I as you have been told any number of times I have the most incredible appreciation for and uh, I am so pleased that uh, they put up with my shenanigans and uh, stupid questions and downright wise-ass ignorance and I'm actually learning stuff which hey you can't go wrong if you're actually learning which you know just because I'm an old guy you know old dogs can learn new tricks and uh, I am working the whole thing here and, and including this uh, series of shows and if you got topics uh, next time around I think we are going to take a closer look at Chad Bowers and the incredible true facts of space and uh, I'm sure I will have some uh, interesting topics to uh, enlighten you with some recommendations some YouTubes we we do all that here um, for me to get it out of my system and uh, express my uh, gratitude and appreciation for the existence of the entertainium that uh, I can access. And hey, um, if you got comments or whatever, you can leave them on our Facebook page, on the Overnightscape Underground, or you can email me at kpqr.torc at gmail. Com. And uh, like I say at the end of every show, set the controls for the heart of the fun. And I'll see you next time.